0: Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C H E F R A N J O H N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. Ladies and gentlemen, I have today Mr. David Vila with us. He is the CEO of IPD Agency um, and the podcast host of Game Changer Live, which is one of my favorites. It pops up every time that there's a new one and I'm glued to it. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right in. I'm excited to have you here and I'm going to pass the torch to you a little bit just to tell our listeners about you and we'll get this conversation started.
1: Well, thank you, Chelsea. I'm, uh, I'm actually very excited to, to be with you today and your audience. And uh, I'd love to. by the way, before we get too far, I want to lock you down and get you on onto Game Changer. We don't, have, nice. uh, we don't have guests all the time, but I would love to have you come on soon. And uh, so let's make that happen. Um, you know, I, as you mentioned, CEO of a marketing company called IPD. Um, you know, I write uh, for Forbes and UVersion and do a lot of cool things like that. But I think, um, you know what I love about what you're doing. This is my wheelhouse. This is my heart. You know the 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 podcast and these these different things are my outlets. But what I really enjoy doing, a lot of people don't get to see, and that is uh, leading a group of people that um, I spend time with on a regular basis. And uh, to me, that's the most fulfilling, and I see the most fruit. And so I'm excited to be on uh, on on this today and talk to you and your listeners about servant leadership and uh, you know how how it's really been uh, something that God's had a work in me because let me tell you something it is absolutely 100 percent not by nature what I did you know I, I subscribed to a different philosophy and was taught a different way and uh, it was only through failure that I realized the importance of uh, of how Jesus did it
0: and let me tell you it's so funny that you say that because this has been one of those things that have come up. Um, you know, for, I want to say maybe the past two or three conversations. And I love how you put that because so often when we talk about Christian talk and Christian walk, Mm -hmm. it's those moments where they're not pretty. It's those moments where we make mistakes that individuals try to hide. But those are the very scenarios, real life scenarios that allow people to be free. And so I'm glad that you said that. Can you take a little moment and just talk about, talk about IPD agency. And I have a reason behind this because, you know, I do my homework and one of the things that I've noticed is that, you know, the auto business and, you know, that's a a, a part of your background, but there's a vision statement you have there. And most people would look at it and say, okay, anything in business, if you say it's Christian and faith-based, that is honestly to me, Those are two, you know, left and right that merge together. And I was taken aback because I was like, yes, I don't know if I've ever seen in business, but definitely in auto, anybody that knows that Christ is at the center. So can you talk to our listeners a little bit about IPD agency, what you all do, and how you're able to boldly place Christ at the center in that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so, and we are, we're faith-based. We put Christ at the at the forefront. And But here's the thing. I didn't always do that. I often tell people, you know, as a, a you know, several generation preacher in my family, you know, grandfather, uncles, aunts, preachers going down the line, um, you know, I was always a Christian that owned a business, but I didn't always own a Christian business and a faith-based business. And uh, I try to do it the other way. And, uh, you know, I thought that it needed to be a Sunday and a Wednesday thing, not a, not a Monday through Friday deal. And, um, you know, and God showed me really he had a calling in the marketplace. And that was the most important thing that I, I could do. And, and so, you know, uh, we're, we're a marketing company that serves the auto industry. And uh, we work with, I would say, one of the industries that need Jesus more than any industry that I know. I mean, you have good people. But I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of bad things that take place in that industry. And uh, so, you know, a few years ago, about, about eight years ago, I lost um, every revenue producer. About nine years ago, I lost every revenue producer. We came off of a multi million dollar year. We thought we were going somewhere. I mean, we were just blowing it up. And then about $13, 14000000 million a year at that time. And then all of a sudden, I had the wrong people. That worked for me. You know, they were really good, but they weren't. They weren't God's people. And 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 these people left, and we lost about seven hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue. Walked out the door, and so God had to take me through a season of about two years of realizing. And I didn't hire any salespeople. That I had the wrong people, and He just began to walk me through the importance of putting Him first in the business. And uh, when I did that. And, you know, then we started hiring people. It's amazing. We have, we have, you walk out of my company, we have about 60 people. There's pastors, there's people that have evangelists and ministers, people that were broken in ministry. And just, so God's connected people into our organization and he's just, I mean, and as far as growth, we've gone through the roof. So, you know, just, uh, we serve the auto industry, so we, we make them money. And we do that. Obviously, you know, we're a for profit organization. But, you know, it's it's like a company church, you know, we have church, we pray every day. Um, and it's just a crazy environment that I could never, ever do. God's God did it. And he built it. And, uh, and every time I try to put my hands on it a little bit, then, you know, I'll, I'll jack it up, you know, <laughs> so quickly, I'll move my hands back off and just just steward it, if that makes sense.
0: No, it makes perfect sense. And you use that word that I love so much, he, you know, he tells us we have to be a good steward. And, and I think that's so amazing because the model that you just explained is definitely not one that you see every day. Um, and that is why, again, I reached out. Uh, you know, you said something within even that answer that I love that bridged me to another point that I wanted to bring up with you today. You talked about good people versus God's people. And I think that's amazing. And it's not, I tell people all the time, it's not, I have to walk with a on my forehead or a shirt on that says, Hey, I'm God's person. Hey, I'm a Christian, but it's in my walk. You know, I spoke with a coach a couple of weeks back at Georgia State and he was saying, you know, it's not my job to walk around and tell people I'm a Christian every third word of my sentence. It is my job to do the will of him and they'll see it in my walk. And at that moment where they recognize that there's something different about me, that's the moment that you introduce Christ. And that's within that model, which you explained. And I love that. I was listening to a video, and I'm going to tell you this. This is about a month ago now, and it brought back something when I heard good people versus God people. You talked about the call, okay? And hopefully you remember that. You talked about a good call and a bad call. Can you talk to our listeners about that? Because I want you to understand something. I'm going to set the tone for you. I'm in the kitchen, all right? I'm about to cook, and I listened to that. And I had to put the pot and the spoon down because the spoon was about to fly across my uh, living room. But I just think it was so amazing. So could you talk a little bit about what that means to receive that call from God.
1: Yeah. And, and one thing I will absolutely. And thank you for that. One thing I do want to say just really quick too, is is sure. that there are a lot of people out there that, that don't, there's an identity crisis, you know, when it comes to us in ministry, Yes, you know, and there's, listen, I, I preach behind the pulpit of a church, uh, you know, a lot, I travel and do a lot of that type of preaching as well. I thought I needed to do that in order to be following God's plan. And that's what I wanted to do in many ways, you know because that's what was modeled before me. But you know God had other plans. So I, I think there's a lot of people, Chelsea, and I know your audience, and I know you'll reach a lot of these people, that they there's an identity crisis that 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 resides in a lot of us that that feel like we need we're called, but we also we also have to you know provide for our families and we have to and, and there's a there's a talent and a gifting and business that God's given us. And I'm going to tell you that when you when you put that in God's hands, he'll show you something and, and blow your mind. I preach more today than I did, but I don't have the pressure of, of the financial pressure. And I'm able to, I'm able to be a blessing rather than, you know, than than then kind of trying to figure out how I'm going to get by. And I, and it's all because God took care of that identity crisis and it, and it segues into, you know, the, the call of God, you know, um you know, I, I think, you know, and that's, that's what it was really about kind of that day I was speaking on, you know, um, just, just the identity crisis, just the fact that, you know, there's just so many people and that's why there's broken ministers, people that have, you know, in their minds failed, you know, uh, that, you know, that God's brought into my path and our company's path. And we watched them not only, uh, you know, not only find a purpose, but then be able to become whole and see God bless them even financially become debt-free and do some amazing things. Many of which we had a guy. That worked here. Um, that was making probably thirty thousand dollars a month. I mean, he listen before he started working here. Okay, I want you to understand, he was a he he was a minister. He was a youth pastor. He was happy. His bills were hardly nothing. He came to work here with hardly no bills. Became an amazing amazing salesperson. Killed it. Was never moved by money. never was never owned by money and started making that kind of money he was here four years and you know he left this place to become a full time missionary with five kids no income because he had god had provided for him the ability to travel and 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 be a missionary to a couple of countries which was his passion and uh so i just feel like that you know there's there's a there's there's a call to business. And there's a call to, uh, to the marketplace that God is, is placing on people. And I believe that those are what we could call kingdom financers and to use money as a tool and God will bless you. And he, and, you know, he'll, 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 you know, the church, we used to wear the statement outright that said, if you can get it through you, he'll get it to you. And we, <laughs> yeah. we wore it out, but it's so true. Money's just a tool to God. And, um, you know, and, and, so I'm just encouraged, you know, by that. And I think that it's, I think 2021 is going to be a year where you're going to see a lot of God using a lot of those types of people in ministry in the marketplace.
0: You know, I think that's so huge. And I tell people this all the time, especially in an arena where, you know, think about birthing, you know, and this is something I hear a lot, of, especially, uh, women, uh, of the word speak about mm-hmm. when God is ready to do something. And those mothers can definitely attest as they begin to be in labor of that thing they've been birthing. It's hard, right? And in 2020, we you know, we hear it all, oh, I'm done with 2020. Throw all of 2020 away. But if you truly have taken the time to look at the pandemic and taking it for what it is, you'll recognize that this at this moment was planting season. God just needed to put everyone on a pause to pay attention solely to him to move all those distractions out to out of the way to be able to spring up those things that we maybe would have never done. Look at how many podcasts are opening up. Look at how many businesses that people are actually stepping out on faith in doing that. They probably would not have done with these going on eight, nine months of this thing. And so I think that's amazing. And I stand in agreement with you about that statement. You just made on 2021, because I see it. I see it with you, David.
1: Do you mind? Let me ask you a question. Am I allowed on this to preach, preach for a minute?
0: Hey, you can preach as go, go. Let
1: me let me say this because you just you just this is something that's been in my spirit lately. So, with regards to birthing, and you know, so so I'm not a, I'm not a female, but I'm gonna I'm gonna preach a little bit on birthing. You know, well, my my youngest child is 20, so I mean I'm I'm 48 years old, and I started young, and I have a 27, a 25, and a 20 year old. When well, my youngest child was born my wife, I remember when she was pregnant, and this is this, this will speak to somebody, somebody needs to hear this, you're in business. And you know, you haven't seen especially with COVID and the, the year 2020, the delays, you think it's a delay. But here's the thing I've learned about, about conception. There's a nine months, it's happening, God's going to bring out what he's put in you. It's in, in by the way, if it didn't come out, you die, meaning you've got to deliver it. And so in the spirit, and in the in, in in the when you can't see it, I believe there's people that are walking around nine months pregnant. And here's the thing: we, we some some of us haven't changed our clothes. We're wearing the same clothes we were wearing at four months, at nine months. And you know, but but if you could see it's in the spirit, we're walking around and and we're and we're carrying you know a, a full form nine month baby. And I remember something that when my youngest daughter Chelsea was born. We were in the, uh, we were in the uh, room, and all of a sudden, my wife, she looked at me, and this is legit. She said, she goes, I can't do this, you know, and I said, yes, you can, and we're, we're, you know, we're praying together, and they brought in a table and I remember this, and there was a cover over the table, and I just looked at the the nurse, and I said, what is that? And she said, that's the preparation table, and oh, I just I just want to say that somebody that's listening right now, if you could see in the spirit, there's an angel that just rolled in a preparation table into your room, and under that cover, there were instruments, and those instruments were for one purpose and one purpose only. It was to bring out of my wife what was in her, what had to come out, and that's the preparation table, and God's bringing in wheeling in a preparation table because the enemy, through all he's thrown at us in 2020, can't stop what God's birthed on the inside of the business owners and entrepreneurs and men and women of God that are watching this right now. Get ready because it's going to happen. So the enemy's scared to death because what's in you, I believe, is what's going to usher in this this move that the kingdom is waiting for. The Bible says that the, the creature groans and travails in birth until now. And that's it. He's, he's waiting for the for the people of God. So I just want to encourage somebody that there's a preparation table right in the middle of your situation. And if you could just look and see, God's getting ready to bring it. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen to all of that. I'm sitting here like in a minute, they're going to hear me screaming down here in my corner. Right. And tell them I'm OK. My preparation table just arrived. Yes. Amen. Thank you for that, David. Amen. Uh, you know, because we spoke, you spoke about being a good steward. And this is, you know, the servant leadership. And just to kind of bring you through to how this came about, right, there's so many times that we as leaders, right, CEOs, athletes, professional, um, you know, athletic professionals, we always pour into everyone else, right? Insert your leadership role, and you spend the entire day pouring into someone else. David, how do you refill your cup?
1: That's a great question. Um, you know, and I've had to learn this and because you're right, Chelsea, we do. And even when we, if we're not careful, even I'm, I'll speak for myself, even when I have gone places where, you know, my church, my pastor, you know, people that I submit myself to, if I'm not careful, you know, I'll even get used in that scenario. And what I mean, used is, is volunteer myself or step into a role. And I, I so what I've learned to do is, is, is unplugged. So f- sometimes, you know, uh, if I'm going into a, a meeting, you know, I'll appoint somebody, you know, listen, this is your meeting. I'm, I, I am a participant in this meeting. I don't want you looking to me. I don't want you asking me. Don't feel like you need to. I'm here to learn. And um, so that's, that's one aspect when it comes to, to work. But with, with church, I mean, I have submitted myself, I mean, my pastor, you know, and, and I talk and he'll, he'll come to me and ask me questions and he, he has a several thousand member church and, you know, questions on business, you know, but when we get together, you know, in, it, in, and I'm there for worship. I mean, I want to, I want to to be, I want to be at a place where I can just surrender myself to God and get charged back up. One of the things I do, I'll tell you something that's a, a secret of mine. My mornings are sacred. So I get up in the mornings and, um, you know, I'm in the word of God at first. I'm in the, in my devotions before I pick my email up, before I get on Twitter, before I get on social media, I'm there. And that's a time where I I don't care where I am, 365 days a year, I've disciplined myself to do that even when I don't want to or don't feel like it. And I've learned, by the way, that, you know, if you wait around, and I say this a lot, but if you wait around for when you feel like it, you may never get around to it. Um, So you have to discipline yourself to do it because your feelings follow your actions. It's not the other way around. I was taught that my actions follow my feelings. Hey, I feel good this morning. I'm going to have a great day. No, I'm going to have a great day because whether I feel like it or not, I got up and I put my left foot down, my right foot down, and I begin to walk and my, my feelings follow that. And then another thing I do Because uh, you have to, sometimes we don't have a lot of time, you know, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of parents, there's a lot of, you know, spouses, business owners, teachers, obviously a coach, you know, you've, you, we pour in so much and we don't have a ton of time. So my time, I can't make more. So I cut things out. So on the way home on my 30 minute commute or my way to work, I spend that time, you know, with the Lord and spend that time re, you know, decompressing. So there's just those things that are sacred to me that I don't compromise um, my time. And that's how I pour in. And of course the, the, the biggest thing is, you know, I, it's hard sometimes in business to, uh, find the right, um, or even in coaching, I'm assuming to find the right mentorship because, you know, you're very, there could be a good coach in the natural for per se, but they may not be a godly coach. You know, they may not have some of the same principles and likewise in business. So I don't follow every, self-proclaimed guru out there. So I'm very select on that, but I will tell you that there are people that I submit my life to that are, that have permission to speak in my life when it comes to spiritual things. And, um, you know, and then, and that's really what God uses to help, uh, kind of, you know, take, take me to the level that I need to be at. That makes sense.
0: It makes perfect sense. And I think the biggest thing that you said was at the end, right? Mm -hmm. We have to make sure that we give the proper access to the proper people, right? Yes mentorship is huge and key but we also have to make sure that that is the right information that's coming into our vessel so I think that was amazing how you entered that you know of course naturally a lot of times people see I always say this my mom talks about individuals being from Missouri right because it's a show and this world that we live in unfortunately has created a you know a space where people have to see. Right. They have to see they see the end in mind, but they don't understand the process. Can you tell us a little bit about the roadblocks that you had to go through or endure before you are now sitting currently where people see you and look up to you now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. What, what, if I could say just one thing, too, because you, you just brought sure. this out of me about uh, access. People having access to your life. I wrote a, um, a devotion in a version called Access. And, you know, um, just one thing to kind of keep in mind, using the simple something as simple as doors and walls you know, people are either a door or a wall, good and bad. So if there's a person that's not supposed to be in your life, they could be a door, a doorway to lead you to someplace you're not supposed to go into, or they could be a wall to keep you block you from a place that God's trying to take you. Likewise, a person that God wants in your life could be a door into that level that God wants to take you. And they could be a wall to keep you from the places that God wants to protect you from. So I think everyone's a door and a wall in our life, you know, um, in good and bad. So just with regards to access, but um, as far as process, you know, I, I think that I'm. I'm I, my personality. I hate process. <laughs> you know, my personality wants it. Yesterday, I want it now. I have no patience. And and uh, you know, probably a lot of people can relate to that that are watching. Um, you know, but process is something that I've I've learned that's going to happen, and I don't want to go around the mountain as many times as I've done in the past. And and so um, I've learned to uh, appreciate it, and I've learned to it's it's it, it's it's invaluable. I mean, you, because in failure is not something I used to view failure as, you know, um, you know, I'm competitive, I don't like to lose, but I used to view failure or, or uh, losing as something that, um, you know, that I hated, and I just needed to, you know, at, at all costs, be, you know, uh, become immune to, and the reality is, it's part of success, and um, so what I've done is learn to uh, appreciate the process. And, uh, and, and, and celebrate small wins because in personalities that are similar, you know, type A, that driver personality, maybe that's someone that's watching like me, you have to have the small wins or you, you know, or you begin to, you begin to cut the process off because you, you the, the affirmation, that affirmation, that win, that pat on the back, that accolade, we have to have it. And if, we're, if we don't have some type of small wins, then we'll start to eat the process. We start to do away with it and cut the corners off of it. And, um, you know, in in my opinion, you know, the process is so detrimental to our success that if we cut something out, we're going to see it later. There's not room to really get rid of um, part of the process. And, you know, I often say this, I don't believe that success ever goes on sale. You know, I believe, you know, you go to Walmart, you see the commercials, you know, the, the signs drop, you know, you know, the prices fall. That doesn't happen with success. It never is. It won't be shortchanged. You know, it, it'll it'll tell on you. And, um, and, and to me, you know, it's told on me plenty of times and um, it never goes on sale.
0: Let me tell you, a lot of times when talking to people, not just on this platform, but in general, I'll hear some things that I maybe heard before, even if it's one time. I have never, and I mean ever, heard it put that way. The success doesn't go on sale. But I think you're so right, you know, in whatever facet that we're in, right, business, sports, education, whatever the case may be, insert it there. When you cut those corners, I think it's, Perfect way. You said it is detrimental to your success when you cut those corners. I tell people all the time, my young ladies that I coach, you know, people that I talk to my peers, it's the proof is in the process, right? That pruning. There's a coach that comes on often. He's also a minister. He talks about that pruning process um, you know, that God takes us through. And so often we miss that. I was having a conversation with my brother this weekend, and that was one of the very things he said. So I'm thanking God right now in this moment for just this, you know, confirmation. And he was just saying that it it is amazing how we miss God because we're paying attention to the time versus what he's trying to take us through. He said, God could be planning to take us through something that may last for five minutes and we will make it last an hour because we miss what he is trying to show us.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: And I think it's perfect what you just said. I think it it is perfect because in that process it makes, you know, God's blessings and it also makes us when we arrive at that mountaintop, it makes those valley moments make sense and it helps us to be able to handle those mountaintop moments too.
1: Yeah. And you know something too, Chelsea, this is my problem. That's my problem with like, and I say gurus or whatever, because the world's full of talented people, God's gifted them, but they're using it for the wrong place. So, you know, there's these gurus that are out there that talk about success and, and, and and so forth. That's my problem with them. You know, my problem is, is other than it, it not being foundationally secure on, on, on God that it that it doesn't talk about the process, you know, it's it's like, follow me, read my book, and you're going to be successful. But the reality is, the process allows you the process is what makes it you able to preach it at the end, you, 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 you don't preach the sizzle, you preach the process that because that's the part that people relate to. That's the part that that people can't get through and can't get over, you know, um, you know, if you're like looking through a, a camera, or whatever the old school cameras, you look through it as a photographer, you see the what you see is the finished product. Well, you know, you, 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 that's what you see. That's what you want. That's the vision, you know, as visionaries, we can see that. And that's what we we forget that there's a there's a there's a process in between. So when you take that picture in the, in the old days, you know, they would take it into, they take the negative or the uh, the film into a dark room, and then they would remove the negatives. There's a process. And so we can't get the finished product of the, of the picture, the way it looked when we first envisioned it without going through the dark room and without negatives being removed. And there's a process there. And I think that's what preaches, and that's why it resonates so well that's where your testimonies come from that's where the that's where the victories come from and that's where you know what you could that's what you could really pass down to that as a legacy to that to that uh to whoever you're pouring into because that's what they need you know because if if you don't do that and they just get a little clip here and there they're never going to be able to know how you how you did it you know and how it happened
0: I totally agree with you there i could not have said it any better i tell people all the time we can hear Um, these winds, we can hear these mountaintop moments, as I call them. But you know, how can these individuals know that God is a healer outside Mm -hmm. of what they read? Right? Mm -hmm. Unless you have people like me, as you saw, you know, we commented, I commented actually on something that you were speaking about last week, that God's a healer and I'm telling you I'm fact-based evidence I'm telling you and so now it becomes real I love how you also said it I'm telling you I'm I'm taking these down right we can't we got to stop preaching the sizzle right and and not give exactly what God's saying about the success and success success in that is the sizzle is yes God's a healer and in the word he said okay he did but right now right in 2000 and nine, I can tell you, he was a healer to me, this person standing in front of you. And I think that when we escape from giving our testimonies, when we hold it close to our vest, we remove the freedom, right? That foundational piece that you spoke about, we remove that from individuals who need to hear it. Yes. And I think that was perfect the way you put that. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah
1: absolutely cuz somebody's listening that would that, to you that would say okay i I'm, i believe you know uh, the healing how about the 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 man in the bible that you know that jesus looked at him and he said hey you know what god you could send your word and heal and he said well, do you believe and he said i do believe but help my unbelief you know yes. he, what he was ultimately saying is yeah, i believe the sizzle i believe the words i've i've heard but the but the process lord the process and then he did something that we could all relate to i believe overall but i also struggle with doubt i also struggle and help my own belief and i think that 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 jesus you know we know what happened he didn't look at him and, and condemn him he looked at him i think and probably smiled because yeah. that was honesty coming out right there and you know what god can handle that i mean he can handle it first of all we're not him right and he can handle the fact that we have that we're that you know we're fallible because he's infallible you know and so i just uh you know, I listened to your story and it's, it's a, a blessing. And what about the person that's ready to give up? They need to hear how you didn't give up, you know, how, yeah. how you pushed through one more time and how you believed when you wanted to. And that's, that's, I think what's going to carry somebody through.
0: And in an extension of that, I think you're so right too. You know, God tells us that, you know, in our weakness, it, I mean, we receive his perfection in our weakness. And you people mm. hear me all, all the time when I talk about trusting perfection. And I'll tell you this and anybody that'll listen, that actually gave me the introduction to my own belief. Does that make sense? Yeah. You just talked about helping my unbelief. You know, my foundation was set by my mom and my grandparents, right? Growing up, going to church doing all those things. But there comes a time that everybody in their Christian wall where, mm. you know, it's gonna be mano imano, mano. It's gonna be you and God. It's gonna be like, all right, what you got? You know, and so I just truly took myself back to that moment when you spoke about that because it's the truth and it's like, okay, God, I know, I know what you said. I know what mom said. I know what my grandparents said, but look, it's me and you. Okay. So I believe you, but I need you to, to make up the difference in my unbelief. And I think that's so amazing, but you know what happens when he made up that difference for me, it wasn't initially, Hey, ta-da, you're better he made up the difference by strengthening me through that process to endure. It wasn't like done, done. We're good. (laughs) He allowed me and gave me the strength so that I can make that 10 year process. And now that I sit here in 2020 about to be in 2021, right. know I watched my preparation table with that, David, you know, went ahead and spoke today to show you all that God can do and will do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask. We just have to believe in it and walk in it. So amazing, on, David.
1: <laughs> Amen. You
0: know, having this conversation and we talk about this, you know, there are some people, there's some leaders who somehow find it hard, and it is, but to insert, um, speak, and have and be secure in their faith walk within mm-hmm. their leadership roles. What advice would you have to, and I say all leadership roles because that's what we cover. What would you say to the leader who's struggling with being in a leadership role, but somehow feel they can't exhibit what God has asked us to in that position.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm assuming that, you know, they may work, uh, you know, for instance, in the schools where you can't, you know, you maybe can't say things a certain way, or, you know, they work in a company that's not a Christian owned company. And there's, you know, there's just, there's HR policies, things you got to tiptoe around. So I get that. I, you know, I think, um, and you know what, and I, and I, even though I own my own company and obviously we're a private company and we, you know, it's different when I speak, at places I speak primarily, um, in places that are not faith-based, you know, I speak, uh, you know, all, all over. And, um, And you know what? Here's the thing I've learned, Chelsea, that it's not, you know, it's, you know, and I'm sure you do this even in schools. It's not beating somebody over the head with a Bible. It's first of all, I I remember one time a few years ago, I spoke in Las Vegas and it was like 3000 business owners there. And I was one of the keynote speakers and I spoke on leadership or something. And I walked down and uh, didn't, nobody knew anything about me other than my business. And uh, uh, two guys came up to me that were sitting together and they said, "You're, you're a preacher, right? You're, or you're in ministry. And they picked that up based on just they said we could just you know we could tell by you know just uh the fruit just you know how you were talking just your joy something that came off of you and I think that you know and yet multiple people have have messaged in in the business world and said hey I don't know what it is you know I don't know why I feel this way but you know and they're they're used words like man you're really positive or man I just get such a really good feeling and you're so encouraging those types of things and it opens up a door so I think that you know I think that the the gospel is you, you mentioned it earlier on, you know, it really, it is, it is just living, you know, th- that, that faith walk, walking that faith walk in your normal life. And, you know, people will be drawn to you. And, and, uh, because that's what God says would happen. You know, they, they're they already void. They're already void of, of God in their life. And they're, and they're searching for that. That's what we search for. I mean, that's what everyone's searching for. They're searching for purpose and they're searching. They just don't realize. And they've, and they, and so, I think that, uh, you know, the person that's the leader right now, just be authentic. You know, you take church and leave it, leave it at church on Sunday. You know, some of the churchisms and things that we say and, and be authentic and ask the Lord for, you know, to tell your story. And to and to love people, I think you know, and and give you that process, and he will, and uh, and I think that you know, you'd be amazed. You could mention it, you know, when I'm when I'm in front of people, I'll mention things, but I'm not I'm not preaching at them. I'm telling my story, so then they'll understand. There's something about them I like. There's something about them that's encouraging. And then I'll mention something later on along the lines of, you know, I was, uh, you know, guys, I, 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 you know, I was at church this past Sunday and somebody said something. So all of a sudden they go, okay, this guy goes to church. And then those two things, those things are connect the dots in some people and they walk up, you know, um, and they're they're asking me something after. And uh, because they're searching, you know, and I think that's what we have to understand um people are searching and they've and just like you said you haven't seen certain things maybe delivered in a certain way imagine the world the world that is used to what they think they know about church if they're exposed in business to something that really nobody's hardly doing imagine how refreshing that's going to be they're going to go okay what's different what's going on here this moves me you know and so I, that's what I would encourage. I think there's a lot of leaders out there that um, have a story to tell, and um, and you know, and people will follow people will follow you when they feel like that you've you've got something that they've never seen, but it seems like they've searched for, and that you're delivering it.
0: I think that's so perfect, um, just so perfect because you had me at exactly what I tell people all the time: let people know by know you by your fruit. Right. You don't have to go around saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, right? But it 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 is, right? Well, we're, we're a peculiar people, right? And it, it is going to be easily seen, especially when that's not when it's in the world, but of the world, when we're moving by our actions. And I think that is why, no, I know that is why immediately when you know I was taking, you know, presented to you your podcast, and I kept going, and I'm like, Oh my goodness, like you should see my notepad. That's just on the sidebar. Um, But then just quickly, how you do all parts of your day and they're always relevant. It's not about you. It is not self-seeking. It is not pushy. It is simply in a way to say, hey, I need God's people. I need people who need to hear this and you take it as you will. I'm doing my part. God will make up the difference. And I think that's amazing. Speaking of your podcast, because it has truly helped me right? And I send it, when it triggers me, I'm like, hey, listen to this real quick. Can you talk to us a little bit about the Game Changer Live? Uh, How it came about? Why did you create such a platform, an amazing platform? And what can listeners who, I'm telling y'all, go listen, go find it on all platforms and listen, what can they expect from it?
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, thank you for that. You know, Game Changer, it came about as 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 an outlet because at the same time, you live your life and people will see the fruit and and so forth, you know, as a believer, as someone who wants to preach the gospel, you know, then, then I'm, I'm doing that for, you know, for anyone and everyone that's going to listen. And so it's, it, that's unashamedly, you know, the gospel I'm preaching it, but I'm, I'm preaching it in a practical way because to be honest, it's not to just to reach people. It's just the way it, it, it was, is presented to me, even as someone that teethed on a pew, you know, I mean, I grew up in, in church, but it's, but you know, I, you know i ran away from the church you know and and uh and to me i just i just feel like that the the realness is necessary in in really touching people and just uh you know we're, we're not you know we're not we're not way up here. You know, we all sin, we all come short of the glory of God. So, so the game changer podcast is just a way where, you know, there's an outlet for the gospel to be preached. It happens to be in a community where there's a lot of, um, you know, professionals and we built the uh, game changer, uh, Facebook group, you know, community. And that's primarily what we do in it is just encourage. I mean, and then everybody encourages each other, but, um, the podcast is on Spotify, Apple and Google. And, um, you know, it's, um, uh, it's, it's just encouragement. If you want to be encouraged in the word, if you want some practical, um, you know, uh, application to the word, you know, um, that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get, you know, it's raw. It's, it's real. We just, you know, it's, it is what it is, you know, so it's, I'm not, I just want you, you know, anyone that listens to it, Chelsea, to know that, you know, we're just trying to, we're trying to fish where some people don't fish, you know, and we're trying to, you know, we're trying to help people that maybe, you know, um, are typically unchurched, if that makes sense. And uh, just be a light in the dark. And uh, so it's just encouraging. I believe it. there's a business spin on it or, you know, a professional spin on it because of what I do uh, for a living. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, we have a lot of, a lot of people that, that are touched by it. So we're just happy and blessed.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm happy and blessed too. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that because there was one in particular, and I'm going to ask you to just kind of recap that for our listeners because it really did uh, move me. All of them do and I take my notes and I I have to stop preparing to cook while I listen to you though, okay? Because the utensils go to flying (laughs) in my reaction. But you had one um, a couple of weeks ago that talked about the kingdom mindset. Can you give us a brief, just kind of summary of a kingdom mindset and the kingdom mindset that you have?
1: Yeah, and, and and because thank you for that. And the I mean the kingdom mindset, and that's, I think that we as we as believers need to understand that that God, you know, there, there's a there's a kingdom that God has in heaven that He wants to bring to this earth, and He's given us dominion. You know, He's given us dominion, um, and and we as believers, I think, sometimes apologize you know, for, um, you know, for, for God or apologize. And, and even though you're supposed to be meek and even though you're supposed to turn the other cheek and I, and I get that and that's war, that's Bible, you know, there's a, there's a, uh. There's a there's a remnant of people that are that are walking on this earth, and I believe in victory. and And so the kingdom mindset is just really based on how we think and how we should think and how we should view the word of God. You know, um, you know, to me the kingdom mindset is is when I view the scriptures that God puts out there and then completely apply them. You know, I, I, for one thing, one of the things I do, and I don't, I know this is a little different than what I what I said exactly, but there's there's a whole lesson behind it. One of the things I do, and I'm really a big believer on, this, is declarations. You know and I apply the word of God I take the word and then I'll put you know I declare or I will put you know um I'll speak that over my my family you know I'm blessed to subdue you know a multiply you know uh, uh provide you know encourage develop and I'll put those types of things and then reference it according to the word of God and I'll and that's to me is 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 what a kingdom mindset is because the the enemy and it, and it really goes into the premise Chelsea of of seek first the kingdom of God his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. And I think that, um, a lot of times, you know, we feel like that God is, this is what people think the world that God is boring or right? that, that there's these rules or, you know, I can't, I can't have certain things. And I think that, that when you, your will lines up with his and it's, and you, and you really walk in a, in a, in a kingdom mindset, you will see that God will bless your socks off him. Mean, he'll bless you more than you can ever imagine. And, uh, you know, let me ask you a question it, because I want to be able to talk to what, what uh, do you remember anything specifically that, cause I, there's a whole lesson there and I did, and they take a clip sometimes out of, out of the, uh, out of the podcast. Do you, you remember a couple of things because there's more to it.
0: Well, you were there. There was, and in my purple notebook that sits beside my desk at the house, it's right. it's a right. it's a bunch, but it's right along with what you said. Okay. I, okay. I immediately started thinking about a coach, a coach mm-hmm. uh, Yo from Old Miss, and she said exactly what you said. She's like, we have to be swagged out for God. Like a lot of people move away from who He is because they feel like. Oh, I have to be this. I have to be that. I have to be that. God never said you had to take the swag away from yourself. He just says, Here is what I'm aligning for you to do. I've laid out a playbook for you. I just need you to walk in it. And you said exactly the portion that made me throw the spoon. It was like, This is God's will. And when you align with His will, just watch how He will just change in your life. What we do, on the other hand, is we take His word, we try to take the piece that helps us and benefits the situation we're in right then and then to throw the rest away or we'll say okay well maybe that job i'm in and that position i'm in i don't want to do god's will because mm, it just seems a little bit hard but what we find is that we take the long way around not doing it god's way yeah we're gonna come back to his way anyway
1: (laughs) absolutely Absolutely. yeah and in in and that's the, that's the thing that people, I think that, that that takes so long for people to understand, you know, when you just, when you just realize that God's way is the best way, you know, and, and, and you're right about that as far as, we don't have to be meek doesn't mean weak, you know, and, and that's the the difference. I mean, meek is, it's, is a word that we don't use anymore a lot of times because it just, it, you know, we, we have a different opinion on what it means and it's meek, meek's not weak, you know, and uh, you know, but God, God says blessed are the meek, you know, he blessed are the poor in spirit. What that means is not the poor, but it's the poor in spirit. It's meaning that I, I'm using what God's given me as a tool, right? It's not, you know, I, I, because if, here's the thing, if it weren't for him, this is all kingdom mindset to me. If it weren't for God, I mean, it, I'm going to squander everything that I have, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to get too far off of it or on it, but You're you good. Know, when I think of Jonah, you know, we always think of Jonah in the, in the whale, Jonah in the fish is in a Sunday school lesson, but the people that he was, on the boat, right? The, the people who, whose boat he was on. Think about them for a second. These people are minding their own business, going to their destination, and here comes the out of the will of God Jonah, right, on their boat. And this goes back what you were saying earlier about having the wrong people on your ship. So these people, Jonah gets on their boat. I mean, Jonah's out of the will of God, right? He's, he's, he's messed up and he's running and he gets on this perfectly good boat. That's headed in a perfectly good direction. They got stuff on their boat. They got destiny on their boat and they're going. And then he's sleeping in the bottom. I mean, how many times have you had a situation where you're, you're <laughs> rowing your heart out and you got some, and you know, the situation or the, uh, you know, that you've given access to is in the bottom sleeping and so here's the thing, if we're not careful and do it the kingdom way, then when, when Jonah said, hey, it's me, I'm, I'm the problem, they tried rowing harder. Think about that. They tried they tried rowing harder. And instead of you and I sometimes going, God, I want to do it your way, I'm going to row harder just for a little longer. But then they didn't just row harder before they threw him off and came to their senses. They started throwing their stuff overboard. They started taking their stuff and throwing it overboard. And, and, and so here's the thing: the wrong people or the or or being in the not being in in, uh, in the kingdom mindset, uh, you know, in, in trying to do it your way causes you to row harder, exhaust yourself, and get nowhere. And then start to throw what God's given you overboard and detour from your destiny. And and all the time, you just got to throw self overboard, right? Throw that person overboard, whatever that is that you're connected to that shouldn't be. And then watch everything in line back up.
0: There it is, y'all. There it is. So I don't think I need to see, say anything else. Game your life. All right. Listen to all of them. But I'm telling you now from me, Coach Chelsea, listen to Kingdom Mindset first. Okay. And then go work your way forward and back. But truly, I appreciate you for that. Uh, there's, there's never, I tell people this all the time, you will always have latitude when you do it God's way. So you don't have to worry about if you went too far, it's always right on time. Um, Because this is a servant leadership um, podcast, I tell people all the time, I'm on a mission to create the longest but fact-based and compassionate definition of servant leadership. We see it everywhere, right? We see it when we Google it in books and videos and all this good stuff, podcast, right? Um, But I think those two words, just like love, get misconstrued because we see it as a word-based definition and it's not enough action. So if I'm to ask you, David, what do you feel servant leadership means, and how does that look in your life?
1: Yeah, great question. I love it. Um, Servant leadership is the the exact opposite of what you learn in business school, what the top down philosophy, where you know, I'm at the top of the pyramid and everybody else is like, you know, trickled down. There's a head. Don't, don't get me wrong. There's got anything with two heads or no head is a freak, right? I mean, you got to have a head, a decision maker and so forth. And somebody's got to make those, you know, those tough decisions and so forth. But so the servant leadership in me is flipping that pyramid upside down. <clears throat> and it's, it's, uh I'm here, right? And, 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 to serve. I mean, I'm, I'm exercising humility, you know, um, my values. I'm selling value, my values rather than selling value. So rather than selling value, I'm selling my values as a culture. You know, um, you mentioned mission statement. I believe that, you know, the mission statement has to be about the people. Um, you know, I think uh, servant leadership is collaboration, you know, it's, it's uh, getting people's voices involved, taking and, and incorporating their decisions into on what you're doing. And, you know, if your vision, I say this often, if your vision is big, okay, if your vision is big, even if, if it's a God vision, it's big. And if you're in your dreams and when you're thinking about it, you know, there's people involved and there's there's a building involved and there's like occupying space and you're doing things and, and, it's, and it's, wor- it's worthy, right? It's big. Then it takes people. And if it takes people to make it happen, they want, you know, people care about their individual visions as well. And I think servant leadership, it allows that. You know, it uh, it makes everyone feel part of it. And uh, you know you're doing it right, I think, when people do something because they want to rather than because they have to. And I think that's where servant leadership comes, you know, you know it's coming to fruition and it's really operating. Um, But it's uh, it's tough, especially when you think you're right, you know, or you think you have the best ideas. You know, it's very difficult and you have to kind of work that out. you know, there's some meetings, at Chelsea, that I, I just don't go to, and I don't go to them, not because I'm uninterested, because I don't want to dictate them, I don't want to run them, I don't want to go in, I want to give someone else a chance, so I just don't go, and I'll tell somebody else to run it because I want my, and, and that's, and I know the temptation I'll have, so sometimes I do it that, and that's, I think all of those things come into play.
0: I think that is perfect. All the way through. I was, you know, you used to say you had me at a low, all right, in that movie, right? You had yep. me at the portion where you said that I'm not selling my value. I'm selling the values, my values. And I love that because one of the things that we find all the time in this world is sad. You find it more times than not that people hoard knowledge, but to be humble enough for the last statement you said to be able to A, give you my values, but to move out of the way to move out of the way to allow you to have an opportunity. What humility a person like you has to be able to say that my choice to just step over just for a second. Cause I know how tempting it can be, but I'm going to let you have a moment. And, and I think in leadership, one of the areas where we go wrong is we feel we have to be the ones to do it all the time. We can't take our hands off, but if we're leading in the right way, we we can trust those that follow us to have a moment. And how would they learn to steer the ship if we don't step aside? Yeah. Amen. We're not going to always be here. So we have to implant those values in those that are coming behind us so that they can carry it on when we move on. Amen. That's Amen. gold, man. That's Amen. gold. In this time, and as we start to wrap up, in this time, I tell people all the time that pandemic is something that wasn't... uh divided by, you know, you're down here in Florida with me, okay? So, you know, it's not regional, so it's like a hurricane, (laughs) okay? It wasn't something that is going to be isolated by, you know, our socioeconomic status, our race, gender, our beliefs. It is something that every single person is had to endure and is enduring, right? There is nothing that allowed you to be exempt. And in this time, there are people who have lost jobs. There are people who are going through it you know, even our faith-based people, our faith is being tested. Could you leave us with some encouragement, some encouraging words to allow us to move and press towards the mark of the higher calling? Yeah, absolutely. You
1: absolutely. You know, um, I'll, I'll leave you this encouragement, you know, that, that God knows and he's, and he's, we, we serve a high priest. The word of God says that understands the feeling of our infirmities. And I think that that's the, the thing that we need to realize about Jesus. We're talking about servant leadership, but yet sometimes, because he's our Lord, right? And he's our, he's our Savior, and we give him honor and glory, and there, that's, that's, that's needed and necessary. At the same time, he's our friend. At the same time, you know, he's so many things. And at this particular time, he's the comforter, right? He's our friend. He's the one who understands what it feels like. You know he uh, you know he wanted if, if he didn't want to give up when he was in the wilderness then it wouldn't be a temptation and so I one of the things I talk about more than anything um, is because I can relate to it is don't quit. That's something that I speak on, I just speak on it, I speak on it probably all the time if my team let me, you know, they kind of push me off of it because I speak on it so much. So the thing is, is that quitting just has to be an option that's removed, because if, you know, you're going to feel like quitting, and I would encourage somebody, you know, to understand that God Knows exactly where you are, and and you and you're going to break through. You will not, you know. I I just uh, wrote a devotion on U Version breaking point, and I speak on it a lot as well. When you come to a breaking point, you feel like breaking. That's what a breaking point is. And so you're at a breaking point, and you're either going to break down, break out, or break through. And I just want to prophesy over the people listening now. You know, and this is not to say that the pain's not real. It's real. You, you're at a breaking point, but you will not break out, which means you you won't quit, you won't give up, and you're not going to break uh, break down. Which means you know you you don't fall apart or or you're going to fail. I believe you're going to break through, and you know and and so God hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't forgotten about you, and his destiny over your life hasn't changed. I believe with everything in me that He is setting up a revival in a miracle season that is going to possibly look different than what you thought it might look, or the process is certainly different, but it's coming and it's coming and God's going to get the the glory in, in all of this. And uh, so I would just encourage um, somebody that, to, you know, when you, when you, when you're, when you're at the end of your rope, hold on, <laughs> you know, what I mean, just, just hold on. And uh, if all you got a thread, then hold on.
0: I just had to let that breathe for a minute. Okay. Cause I'm telling y'all, Hey, Breaking point is on there too, you guys. Go listen to the podcast, right? If you haven't understood why you need to in this whole hour, I think you know now. I think that's so amazing, right? I
1: didn't, I know, think- you, I didn't know you how close you were, but by the way, I need, you should come to the studio and do Game Changer with me one time.
0: Look at that's you. That's what you got to do. That's We're, we're going to talk. Right. We're going to talk. Y'all heard it. Y'all going to see me and David again. Listen, Amen. let me tell you, I, I'm reminded of my grandmother. I'll say this before we close out. I'm of my grandmother when you said that last portion about that, hold on, uh, even to the rope, even if it's on the last thread, she would say, you know, how you doing? I'm hanging in here. She said, no, baby, don't hang. Hold on. Because <laughs> if you hang, you might slip. But if you hold on, you'll never fall from its grip.
1: Come on. <laughs> that's powerful. That's
0: it. That Ernestine Muse right there. That's not me. That's her. God rest his soul. So absolutely. I, David, I can't thank you enough, just A, for what you've done for me prior to even coming on today. Uh, just, you know, your obedience and willingness to serve in so many capacities. I think that's amazing because, you know, my pastor always talks about we're the church, right? And we have to speak in all facets because we can't just assume what happens to the people that don't go to the physical church? How mm. will they hear? And that is why I immediately picked up on who you are because like I told you, your delivery is is given in such a way that it just allows you to connect with his word and it helps you, it sits there and it sits with you and it makes so much sense. So I thank you personally for what you've done for me um, by your obedience and delivery of your word and your works. Um, But I thank you for coming on today and giving of your time. I tell people all the time, time is that one thing. You can't go back and exchange it. I can't rewind back to two o'clock and give it back to you. So I thank you for doing that um, and being here today. And before we go, two things for you. One, if you could tell everybody where to find you, social media and um, all your platforms again for your podcast. And two, if you wouldn't mind leaving us with a word of prayer, I would appreciate you.
1: Absolutely. Well, you can go to, if you go to David Villa, that's me. Um, that's uh, my personal website, which links to IPD agency, it links to the things that we do, including new version plans. And, um, there's a page on there for game changer as well. That's the easiest because that's, um, that's going to link to everything. Um, and as far as the game changer podcast, it's, we, we actually air it, uh, daily. Uh, we, we started it in the mornings now called a daily Devo. And, um, you could get that on Spotify, uh, Apple or Google and, um, and, uh, so yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I appreciate the opportunity, Chelsea. I'm going to send also, um, so we have five books. I'm gonna send some books to you as well. So I'll get your, uh, where to send those. And, um, but I'd love to, I'd love to, uh, lead in the word of prayer.
0: I appreciate you. you. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Father, we just thank you God for, I thank you for Chelsea, Lord. I thank you for the ministry that you've called her to God, uh, the faithfulness God that's, uh, on her life. I could, I could sense it and feel it, God, um, how she, uh, loves you. And God, she's uh, dedicated to you. And Father, I just, first of all, I want to give honor where honor is due. And I want to just speak word of life, God, and just pray, God, that 2021, the things that she was believing for in 2020, God, that uh, that she was prepared for and ready for and were seemingly about to happen. I just, and through the delays God, that we're unforeseen. I just pray that 2021 will be double for her trouble, Lord. I just pray that the enemy would even have to pay double, Father God, for for the delays. And I just pray, God, that you would, there's the extra seasoning that you put on her life, God, in that that time frame. Lord, would be evident to every person that she's going to touch in the year 2021. This is her year. And God, it's, it's she even began to speak, I believe God vision, 2020 vision. And that was even something maybe that you said, but I just pray and and speak that 2021 is really when the vision cap is going to be coming off. And God said, I've had it set up that way the whole time. And I just pray God that you would bless her, bless her ministry, bless every person listening. And I pray that you'd open the door that she's believing for in the mighty name of Jesus. God touch every person, God. And I pray that you would do it as only you can do in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. Hey, let me tell you something. I'm about to have the best practice. My ladies can thank you. I'm about to have the best practice, right, of all year after that prayer, okay? Because you done put some season salt on me. I appreciate you, David. <laughs> okay. appreciate More than you, you know, I appreciate you. And I will definitely connect with you. Uh, I can't wait to see you in Tampa, man.
1: Like Likewise, Chelsea. Thank
0: you. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you guys. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you guys soon.